I always knew when I opened my store that I have to have a brick and mortar location. It wasn't good enough for me to just do it online. The experience was so part of the whole business model. Um, but even now after having the pandemic happen and so many closures and um, limits to how many people we can have in store, for example, um, I'm moving to more of an appointment-based business model so that people can feel comfortable coming in and shopping and they can book basically the whole store for themselves, a time slot and personal styling, as well as you can just pick up what you need. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons. We are the largest law firm in the world with offices in more than 200 locations across 80 countries available to support you everywhere you do business. We're a law firm that embraces change and can help you grow, protect, operate, and finance your organization, which is why Dentons is organized to offer more than just legal insight. We're here to help you find business solutions in a seamless fashion across the globe. Hi, everyone. My name is Heather Barnhouse, partner and lawyer in our Edmonton office. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the topic of women in entrepreneurship and leadership and the ecosystem supporting the growth of this segment. Today I'm joined by Giovanna Pritza, founder of Silksies. Welcome, Giovanna. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Of course. Can you give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and about how you became an entrepreneur? Yes. So my first um, tried entrepreneurship was in 2016. I was 27 years old and I moved to Kitchener-Waterloo, which is a small town close to Toronto. Um, I moved there to be with my now husband. Um, and I realized that there was a void in the market as far as uh, where women go shopping and sort of just there wasn't many options for apparel or beauty products other than just going to the mall or ordering online. So I created um, a concept store, basically it housed all of my favorite brands. Um, there was beauty products and I made it a really safe and enjoyable place for women to come and kind of gather together. It was really a community based um, business approach. So although we were selling products, the point of it was to come and feel really good, feel like you're shopping with your best friend, even if you just come by yourself. All of our staff were trained to give a really bespoke experience. So that is a business that I'm still currently running. Um, it's called Uni Concept, and it's very much a lifestyle brand. Um, then in 2019, my husband and I started to try and have um, a baby. It took some time and fertility treatments. But we got pregnant with our daughter, Gabriella, and I actually had my due date March 18th, which was the day of the provincial lockdowns here in Ontario. So it was a really scary time because we thought you basically catch the virus and you die. So yeah, we've I, evolved. Yeah, exactly. We've evolved since then. But it was our first time being parents and they were the hospitals telling us nobody can go near you. You basically have this baby go straight home. Don't let anybody into your house. So we're kind of trying to figure everything out. And I'm sort of Googling how to nurse. Nobody could help me or go near me. So everything I had to learn online as far as parenting goes, but we ended up having our baby. Everything's fine. We succeeded. She's almost two now. 
But during the first few months, I started noticing that she was losing a lot of hair at the back of her head from sleeping in her bassinet. And we have the snoo, which has been a lifesaver. It's basically a bassinet that kind of rocks your baby to sleep. So if they start crying, the snoo turns on and starts sort of rocking the baby. But the friction from the bassinet ends up causing a lot of hair loss and which ultimately led to a rash at the back of her head. And I was constantly trying to find some solutions for her, but there was nothing on the market. And that's how I came out with um, my brand Silksies, which is silk fitted bassinet sheets. And they help um, babies to not lose hair, not get rashes at the back of their heads. The silk is 25 Momi grade A. It's very high end. And um, it keeps their skin hydrated. It's hypoallergenic, like all the good stuff. I started um, sourcing factories that could make that for me, went through a lot of prototypes, um, branding, and now we're here. So it's on the market. And that's sort of what I've been doing the past 18 months. Wow. So you went from uh, your first, your first business or the one that you told us about first was uh, a true brick and mortar business. And then uh, you talked about how people could show up and it would be all about the, the the experience of shopping. Of course, the experience of shopping for all of us changed quite dramatically at the start of the pandemic. And then now your second business is, is uh, it seems like it's more of an online thing where people can, can order. Do you carry any of your fitted bassinet sheets in the brick and mortar business? Like, is there a crossover? I, yes, there is. So after I had my daughter, um, I've always marketed my boutique as kind of an extension of me. So whatever stage of life I was in, for example, when I was getting married, I hosted um, an all white event where we gathered so many different types of white dresses and um, jumpsuits and things like that. The women could buy for their bridal showers, their bachelorette parties, just kind of all these little events that lead up to your actual wedding day. So we weren't selling yep. weddings, it was just all those other little things. So Uni Concept has always been an extension of me where I'm at in life. And then when I got pregnant and had my baby, I created a small section in the store called Unique Baby. And oh, okay. I had some little sleepers in there, um, baby lotions and um, bath things like hygiene products for babies. And now I also carry Silksies in there, but as well, um, Silksies is carried in a few other boutiques around Ontario and uh, websites. So it's kind of, I'm trying to wholesale, do more wholesale and it's a whole different ball game than me sourcing products that are already on the market and kind of just putting them in a store. Yeah, interesting. So what uh, it's it's interesting to me uh, because obviously the pandemic has reshaped how people shop. It's reshaped pretty much how we how we do everything, and the the integration of technology, of course, is a big factor into how people have been able to to pivot or be successful in in the new reality that we find ourselves in. And I, I'm wondering if you so if if not for the pandemic, and you know, you talked about how you had given birth and and you had to go home and sort of figure it all out on your own because nobody was allowed to come yeah. into our homes and all of that. This was obviously before vaccines and, yeah. and all of that. Um, would you, have, would do you think you still would have made Silk Seas as an online um, 
distribution model primarily, or would you have gone more traditionally with the bricks and mortar, which is what you were familiar with from your first foray into entrepreneurship? I think I would have because it's not a product like it's an it's a beautiful product that I'm truly, truly proud of and that you can see it in person and we can display it, which I love. But I think that it's something that as a mom or even as a new mom, it's easy to just shop online. And with my boutique, I've always had an online and in-store portion. Oh, um, okay. Yes, all the time. But I always knew when I opened my store that I have to have a brick and mortar location. It wasn't good enough for me to just do it online. The experience was so part of the whole business model. Um, but even now, after having the pandemic happen and so many closures and um, limits to how many people we can have in store, for example, um, I'm moving to more of an appointment based business model so that people can feel comfortable coming in and shopping and they can book basically the whole store for themselves, a time slot and personal styling, as well as you can just pick up what you need. What do you think when you compare the two businesses? So you you know you've started these these two businesses in in I guess a similar like in retail, but in in different um, sort of niche markets, and obviously there's some overlap. Do you think that it's been more difficult or less difficult the second time round, given the lessons that you had learned and the you know the strength and the the lessons I guess that you had from from round one, do you think that it made it easier or because you were, the business model was so different, was it, what was that like? Honestly, it was a million times harder. I feel like because- Interesting, yeah. I'm having to, just the supply chain right now is so crazy. Getting products from overseas is so expensive. Um, Finding- yeah, it's been it's been really hard. It's been a lot harder than I anticipated and maybe that's the problem. When I started Uni Concept, I did it so blindly and I was so naive and I think that's <laughs> why it worked because yeah. I kind of I literally woke up one day and I said to my he was my boyfriend at the time, but when I moved to Waterloo, I didn't have a job. Um and I was like, what am I going to do in this town? I don't know anybody. There's nowhere to shop. <laughs> what yeah, I can't What should I do? Toronto and moved to literally a farm like we live on an orchard. So I was like, okay, what is there to do here? I woke up one day and I said, I'm going to open a store and I'm just going to put all of my favorite things in it. and if people come cool and if not, then I'll just sell everything and I'll close the doors. And it just kept evolving and evolving and people were showing up and they loved the atmosphere. They loved what I created. They loved the products we sourced and these customers became my friends. Some of them were at my wedding and it was so, so nice. Like this whole community was so nice and made me excited to live here and be part of it. And then we created Silksies. Um, This is a product that doesn't exist. I had to create it and design it and explain why it works the way it does and who it's marketed for and its benefits. And it's like a constant um, like repeating, like a rinse and repeat of this is what it is and this is why you need it. And I think um, just- So a little bit less intuitive than than yeah. the, the brick and mortar, I want to go and have a, a great experience shopping that people were at that time a little bit more familiar with than, than yeah. with a, a new product. Exactly. So I huh. think that if I was creating something that already existed, it might be easier. 
Um, however, I was creating something that didn't exist. And now I'm having to tell people, why are you going to spend your money on this thing? Why do you need this? I hear a lot from the entrepreneurs that I work with that, uh, I don't know, half of them, this isn't obviously a, a, a very scientific study, but uh, lots of them will say the same thing that you do, that, you know, starting business number two was in fact more difficult for a variety of reasons, or I expected that it would be similar to what I had experienced in business number one. And so when it wasn't, that was more, I don't know, more of a shock than when you start yeah. your first business and you just don't have a clue what, what right. to expect yeah. versus, you know, the other kind of half would say, oh yeah, business number two was way easier because I had systems in place. I had process. I had, you know, I knew I, I had connections. So it's interesting that it's it, it's definitely not a, a one size fits all in terms of replicability of of the, you know, of the concept. I want to focus a little bit on the on the particular product, um, because I think it's interesting what what you said that that it's this rinse and repeat. And I have to sort of explain the concept and the and the storyline over and over again in the in the newborn um market it it seems so number one babies don't stay little forever they you know they grow quickly and it seems like that market is quite saturated or quite mm -hmm. crowded and uh, how how do you how did you penetrate that market given that as you said it, it wasn't a, a common thing that people needed or they knew they needed how difficult was that can you tell us a little bit about that um, it was very difficult and I'm still working on getting more exposure for the product. I think oh, it's like never ending. You're not just kind of in it. Like you're constantly having to, people are getting pregnant with their firstborns and you're having to re-explain. So it's like just a right. constant, um, sort of thing. Um, I have a certain vision for this year of where I want to see Silksies and new products that we have coming out that are under the same umbrella. Um, we want to do more silk, um, crib sheets as well. So as your baby grows out of the bassinet and then you get yep. crib sheets. And right now my son that I just had August 17th of 21, um, he's now sleeping on the prototype for the silk, um, ah crib sheets. Whereas my daughter, she tested the prototype for the bassinet. And so <laughs> it, like, there's my little test dummies, but it really works. Like he doesn't have any rashes now on his head and he hasn't lost as much hair as she did before we had a prototype. So it's, um, it's just like a more luxurious and comfortable way to put your baby to sleep. And I think as parents, we always want the very best for our kids. So for example, I sleep on a silk pillowcase. It's great for my hair. It's great for my skin. So why not give that to my babies? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort and, of and then as the, as the, it sounds like as the kids grow, um, you know, there, there's the opportunity for the, those equivalent products in the, in the bigger version as the, as the babies grow. Exactly. So that's sort of um, where I'm seeing it going. But there's definitely, it's definitely um, a pricier product. It's $89 USD and it lasts your baby from the newborn stage up to six months. You can put it in your stroller bassinet. You can put it in the bassinet that you have beside your bed. There's a whole um, range of bassinets that it fits. Um, you can use it on the Snuggle Me Organic. 
but it is um, a pricier product. However, we've made it that it's so um, beautiful, the packaging. It's a nice gift to give. You can also get it monogrammed. So on our website, we have the option that you can put your baby's initials or whoever you're gifting it to, and we get it monogrammed um, on there. So it's really beautiful and luxurious. And so so beyond the, I guess, the, the, the constant messaging of what the product is and why it's important and how it's sort of better for skin and better you know hypoallergenic and all of those things is it is that really what lets the brand sort of flourish is is the constant marketing or is there some word of mouth or like what are the tips for getting into that breaking into that crowded marketplace with a unique product I would say that what has helped the most um, is sort of influencers and brand ambassadors. Um, every box, so if somebody purchases Silksies, they get um, a code that they can create um, and, and um, become a brand ambassador of the product. So they can offer oh, okay. followers on social media a 20% discount. And every time that somebody uses their specific discount code, the person is rewarded with um, 10% back in cash um, from their commission. So if you love the brand and you love the product and you own it, you're excited to share it with your followers, then that's a great way for you to make some extra money and also provide a discount to your followers so that we can kind of keep growing and expanding. The whole goal with this product is that I kind of have to get it into as many homes and nurseries as possible so that from there we sort of spiral and go into um, word of mouth marketing. Uh, interesting. And tell me how that's different or, or the same um, with with Unique Concept, with the first business the and sort of how you got the word out and got, got I don't know, influencers or ambassadors in that in that realm. So in 2016, when I opened Uni Concept, it was in like my first location was up a set of stairs in this little space that was near the University of Waterloo and Wilfrid Laurier University. So I was really yep. kind of targeting university students. Also, social media wasn't like so big then. People weren't right. constantly on their phones. It seems like right. it like it just completely evolved in that sense, but just from people, I would post a few times a day, we're here and um, I was on a few local news stations that sort of marketed the store um, and that kind of drew people in. And I honestly do think that it was the word of mouth marketing that brought people up those set of stairs to this yeah. small space. It was like kind of hidden and you really had to know to go there. It wasn't like you were walking down the street, oh, this cute store, let me go in. Since right. then we've moved, but it was a lot of word of mouth. And I think that ultimately that is your best bet. Try and get as many Google reviews as possible and sort of go from there. Social media has been so good with promoting both products that I don't know what people did before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how, I mean, I think we can say that about a lot of things in the way that technology or different, yeah. different tools, um, it, it, like different technological tools. Well, even this podcast right now is doing this. Like what? Right, right. Like how did we how did we have conversations before? And where were podcasts before? Right. Like they're so great now. Yeah. <laughs>
it's interesting to see how things evolve, right? And it's also interesting going back to your comment about how business number two was dramatically more difficult uh, than starting business number one. It is interesting because I think that entrepreneurs, again, this is a, a complete generalization, but I think entrepreneurs get the idea, okay, I figured it out. I know how to market. I know how to do these things. And then like two, three, four years go by and the whole world is different in terms of how you actually make those connections and how you how you find influencers and how you how you influence people generally, right. I think changes, right? And so I think I think you one of the things that I think entrepreneurs are are good at is that they don't get comfortable, right? They're always ready for change. They're always ready to try something new. And I think that, um, yeah, that's challenging, but that's kind of also the ride of of entrepreneurship and, and why it's exciting is because it's not the same as what I did two, three, four years ago, even though maybe I'm in a similar industry, maybe not, but how you have to approach, um, common issues, sales, how do you, you know, how do you get your brand known? Uh, there can be some commonalities, but I think the execution can be very, very different, uh, even, even like year to year for, for businesses. And I think those businesses, I mean, we've seen this a lot with, you know, like the olden, in the olden days, Kodak, like if you don't adapt and you don't evolve, um, you're not going to have a business. Right. And so I think that it is a good lesson for you to say, yeah, it was much more difficult, but I think that means that you're on top of what, what has changed and the evolution, right? Honestly, I think it would get so boring and stagnant if everything just kept working the way it is. Like I'm excited. I woke up um, in this new year and I said to my husband, I'm so excited for the new year. I, for the first time in such a long time, I have hope that there's something fun coming up on the horizon. I feel like we've all just been kind of like riding this wave, waiting for things to end and whatnot. But I think that it's time to just do like a huge drastic pivot and adjust and um, kind of go from there. I don't think anything's going to go back to the way it was. So it's like, what are you going to do about it? You can either let go and close your business or whatever it may be, or you can just kind of ride the wave in a positive direction. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think, I think it's interesting. Like, even when I think about some of the um, the clients that I work with who maybe are in older, more established industries, they've you know, been doing things for a long time, or they're like in research and development for so much of, of 2020 and 2021, there was this like, let's wait, let's see, let's yeah. wait for things to settle. Let's figure out what, um, what's going to happen. And then once we know what the new normal is, then we'll press go. And then, yeah. you know, towards the, la- the latter half of, or the latter maybe quarter, last quarter of 2021, people were like, you know what, like we, if there's a business opportunity, we just have to, we just have to go. Like, we can't wait. We're yeah. never going to have the certainty that we were expecting. Things will continue to evolve and we've got to be able to adapt. And so I think that, I think people are getting more comfortable with yeah. the fact that it's just going to change, right? It's just going to keep changing. And, and how people use technology or where are kids going to school? Are they locked out? Whatever the case is, I think people just have, are getting more comfortable with that uncertainty. And then once they've adopted that mindset, they're, they're much more willing to say, okay, now I need to, you know, dig deep. I need to exercise whatever opportunity I have and just kind of make the best of it. I want to talk just uh, briefly about moms. So you're a mom, you've got two babies under two. Um, You're an entrepreneur, you've got two businesses on the go. So two babies, two businesses, pandemic, like lots going on all the time. What tips or tricks would you have for other uh, women entrepreneurs who 
maybe are in a similar situation to you, have a kid or two or three or whatever the case is, thinking about launching a business. What do you say in terms of like that self-preservation and balancing things and managing the the inevitable chaos that, that comes? Is there ever a good time to start a business or, or uh, would you recommend not doing what you did? What do you have to say um, about that? Well, something that is actually it's so sad i've had to like do a lot of soul searching in the past year um it's that i've come to realize that women actually can't have it all like we can have it all but not all at the same all time the same time yeah and and that sucks like honestly it's like you're constantly in a battle between choosing your business something that makes you so happy or your career something that makes you so happy that's part of your identity and then having to choose between your family and putting your kids first and i'm constantly back and forth with that and i don't think that men have that same issue i mean there's been so many times where i'm at the store and someone says to me oh who, who's taking care of the babies today i'm like they're with their father you know like what yeah it's yeah. not just me who has to be with them all the time yeah. um so there's little things like that i i know that nobody's coming from a bad place but that's just like where um people's heads are at and we're still at that um point in life so i think there is no good time you just have to start and even if you just pick at things little bit by bit that's kind of what i did when i started silksies i didn't think that it's going to actually come to fruition as quickly as it did. Um, but it was just like, okay, I'm gonna just get a prototype. I'm going to design it and see where it goes. Everything was just, I'm gonna see where it goes. I'm gonna see where it goes. And if you just keep adding a little bit of snow to your snowball, it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and you just have to start. And that was same with me for the store, for example. I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna open a store. And then within six months, I had opened the store. I got grants. I applied to every single grant program that existed for women in business or just young entrepreneurs. Um, it was a lot of grants. If you're under 30, there's tons. Um, so that was sort of where um, I took it. Just keep, just keep adding a little bit by bit because at the end of the day, the kids grow up and then you don't wanna be feeling resentful towards them, towards yourself, towards your husband, because you didn't go and do what you wanted to do. And I think yeah. that's where I would be at if I didn't keep pursuing what I want. And luckily I have a supportive partner that um, wants to help me. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I think what you say it's it is it does come down to framing. It does come down to sort of the management of expectations and what expectations do you have for your business and for your family. And obviously, you know, it, it, there's never a perfect balance. There's always something that's going to something that's going to come up. Kids are going to be sick. Whatever the case is, that will shift that. But if you approach it with the view of, as you say, let's just keep adding, let's just keep trying, let's just keep sort of trying to move this forward, then at least, I mean, time is going to pass anyways. And so at least then in yeah. six months or a year, you'll have something. And and as you say, if it doesn't work, okay, well then, you know, I tried something, I learned something. Whereas I think that people get themselves flustered where they say, I'm going to start this business and it's going to hit revenue of a bazillion dollars in a year. And if it doesn't happen that way, then it's so much more difficult to reconcile and or even mm -hmm. sort of align with the fact all the great things that happened like you know with kids and, and all of that right and so i think you're right it is probably about the the management of expectations yours as well as the people around you and if you have a supportive 
system around you that of course helps. And, and, you know, I think there's also something that mothers report about wanting to set an example for their kids about pursuing their dreams and about pursuing opportunities and not being so wrapped up in a particular identity, whether that's a, I'm just a mom or I'm just an entrepreneur. Yeah. There, there's this range of things that are available and possible if, if that's in your, in the cards and if that's what you, what you want to pursue. Yeah. Um, also, I think that a big thing is that just start small. You don't have, like when I started my yeah. store, as I said, it was in this small little location. It was up a set of stairs. Nobody really knew about it, but it, that was my like learning experience. And I thought, okay, if this doesn't work out, I'm not like investing my whole life into this. Right. Space. I eventually ended up going to a much bigger space, um, on a street front and, all that, but it was a great learning curve. And, and I think that, um, people are almost like embarrassed to start small. And if you want to create a product, start with one product, and then you can keep adding to it. You don't have to create a whole range. If you're doing, for example, beauty products, do one really good one and then market that, and then keep adding to it. You don't have to invest your whole life. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is they're almost like embarrassed and they want to have this whole kind of I don't know, maybe it's for their image. I'm not sure, but I, I just kind of do what works for me. And a lot of times, for example, when I was creating silksies, nobody knew about it other than my very immediate family. And even then I didn't really talk about it. It was just something I did when the baby was napping, I was doing my research. I was putting together the website. Nobody knew about it. And then when yeah. I felt good, I was like, okay, I'm going to launch. That's when I started sort of like giving hints and sending it out. So that's a big thing. You don't have to announce it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, what you described earlier about how it started with the little bassinet sheets and then Mm -hmm. it moves to the crib, you know, and, and as the kids grow the, the products, if you've got a product that, that is really good, uh, you can always add to that later on, right? But then, you, but in that process, you're understanding your customer, you're understanding the the supply chain. You know, like you're dealing with all of those issues that will still come up as you add more products. But you're doing it in a in a more calculated yes. way to try to mitigate, you know, the risks to to so many different things, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's great advice. So tell us what's next, both for Silk Seas and for Unique Concept. So um, with Silksies, like I said, we're now doing the um, crib sheets and those will be coming out soon this year. Um, And then for Unique Concept, starting in February, we have um, moved to an appointment-based shopping experience. We'll be open to the public three times a week, but the rest of the days is only by appointment. Um, And we're going to continue doing a lot of events in store. So once a month, we'll have um, an event. We're really famous for our toque events. So in the winters, we have these toques and you can get it embroidered and you select a pom-pom. We've done it for like six years. And then um, we have our Galentine's Day event coming up in February. So you come with your um, girlfriends, you come shopping and try on, have some bubbly. And that one's one we're really um, known for as well. So that's yeah. sort of where we're going. Yeah. Super fun. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's That sounds great. Where can our listeners find out more about Silksies and about Unique Concept? Silksies is at Silksies on Instagram and the website is shop-silksies.com and then Unique Concept is U-N-I-K-O-N-C-E-P-T so it's concept with a K 
and that is on Instagram and online it is uni-concept.com. Well, excellent. This has been really fun to hear about the bricks and mortar business versus the online business and the overlap and sort of all things related to, to that industry. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow to get notified when we have an update.